Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And welcome to our Wednesday episode, my second favorite <laughs> next to Monday's episode. Deuce is wild today. Two, two, two. Wow. <laughs> 222nd episode. That's amazing. I wonder if we can make this episode two minutes and 22 seconds or 22 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds. Or can we somehow come up with an excuse to make it another clip show yeah. with 222? Probably. That makes the most sense. Probably. Let's do 22 minutes and two seconds or 22.2 minutes. Yeah. That is difficult. Yeah. Still, even if we tried, it probably wouldn't work out, but we'll see what happens after we're done recording and see where it's at. So we're going to talk about this company, SoulCycle. I guess it's in the process of an IPO or registering, right? Yeah, it's registered. It hasn't come out yet. But have you heard of this or no? You know, I have because it's pretty popular in LA. I've heard of the cycling classes and stuff like that, but I've never heard of SoulCycle specifically. I've heard of a couple companies or a couple businesses, yeah, that are this. And it was either this one or something similar to it. It It's probably this one if it's this popular and you know, about to go public. But so there was a class action lawsuit that was filed pretty recently, I believe. August 25th. So pretty recent. Yeah, August 25th. At least by when we're recording this. So this class action lawsuit that was filed and they took it a little bit vicious, basically saying that the company robs customers by requiring them to buy certificates for classes with unreasonably short expiration periods. One example in particular, this customer in California paid $30 for a future class, which probably is a ripoff, but that's fine. $30 for a cycling class that she basically couldn't end up using because, like she was saying, the the expiration time was unreasonably short. I think they give some more details on... I think for like a one class, it's like 30 days. Yeah. Something to that effect. So single classes expire within 30 days, which that's not unreasonably short by any means. But anyways, a series of five classes expires within 45 days. So that's what, one every nine days? Yeah. That's still plenty of time to use it. I mean, so that's kind of what they're hanging their hat on. And I guess the, the bigger thing is a couple other aspects of it too. One, they're saying... Violates the Credit Card Accountability and Disclosures Act. None of the packages available are longer than a year. They were making the argument that these certificates, which are the the words of SoulCycle, not even the, the customers, these certificates are gift certificates, which we've discussed before, are not allowed to have expiration dates shorter than five years under the law. And by the way, so it's funny that this came out because literally two weeks ago, I think I was almost about to go to with my wife to one of these things. But what, from what I know, you have to reserve ahead of time. Yeah. And and that's kind of the, one of the allegations I believe too, was that even if it's 30 days, in theory, what if, what if there's no space available because it's so busy and so forth, or it's hard for you to plan ahead of time. And so you, reserving last minute may not work for you. And then on top of that, you have this uh, possible statutory violation against for the Credit Card Accountability Responsibility Act, which has specific requirements on how gift certificates work. And and of course, the question is, okay, is this a gift certificate? But pretty much it meets the definition. I mean, it's, it's basically, a, they can call it whatever they want, a voucher or a ticket or what have you. But it seems to fit that definition where you're buying something something in the future. Yeah. I mean, it has, a whole, has elements. I mean, purchase on a prepaid basis and 
honored upon presentation by a single merchant or affiliated group, et cetera. But I, I think it fits, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, and I, going back to what you were just saying, like I definitely can see situations where, and I thought about that too. I mean, I'm sure there's high demand for the best classes. And these things are usually pretty packed. And I mean, like, like you said, I mean, they're, they're popular, so popular now that they have 60 plus stores around the country. They filed an IPO, which by the way, does beg the question is the timing of all this, because it's not uncommon for a company that is about to go public or even makes its filing to go public because lawsuits can really disrupt that. And if all of a sudden they're just like on Monday, we talked about ways being sued because they, after they were acquired by Google, everyone knows that this, a liability like this, especially a class action one from customers, it is a liability on the books that they're going to have to deal with that affects their, it really puts a pressure point on the owners of this company and they may be more apt to settle because they don't want it to disrupt its IPO. Yeah. Timing's always something with the lawsuits. There's always purposes behind it, but you know, looking to the actual suit itself, there's a few causes of action here. kind of hang their hat on this credit card accountability and disclosures act. And the basic argument is that based on what that says, the company must establish fair and transparent practices relating to the extension of credit under an open end consumer credit plan. So they're basically complaining about it's not allowing customer. I mean, I guess the, one of the biggest gripes is you can't just buy a class. You have to buy these certificates. At least, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think this is the case. You can't just go on the site and book a class. You have to buy a certificate first and then go do it through that way. These series certificates. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's the only way that you can actually get it. And if that's the case, then I can understand from a, you know, a justice point of view that that really kind of manipulates and it kind of exploits their popularity in, in a way that's banking on people not being able to go. Because I'm sure, why else would they have such a short expiration date? It's because they are banking on people not going. Yeah. And these gym memberships are the same thing, right? We covered, I think it was one of our very early episodes, right? And it was just that New York gym that basically had lifetime membership, something ridiculous like that. And that didn't end up holding up water, of course, for multiple reasons. But in the same way here, there is a reason why there are protections for gift certificates. If you purchase it and has a very short time fuse, then of course, companies are going to exploit that aspect of people not actually using them. It's the same thing if you get it for gifts or it's the same thing of rebates. You know, people don't actually follow through with those rebates or the regulations surrounding that. And, and gift certificates are a whole thing. I mean, even from when you sell your business, how those gift certificates are, are redeemed later. I mean, there's, there's a lot of rules for that. So it seems pretty straightforward to me. I mean, it, I don't know if we're missing something, but yeah, and, uh, and what I was saying, that's what's alleged in the complaint. So, yeah. you know, if there is if there is another way to, to go about it, then at least it wasn't stated there. But I think that's the whole point behind it. And some are calling it the ones that are against it, obviously, are part of the lawsuit. But the, some other pundits are calling it a clever way to basically maximize profits. And, and one person was saying that the class expires without advanced notice. I mean, but I don't think that's true. I mean, regardless of whether it's fair or not, if... It says you have to use this within 30 days. I mean, that's advanced notice. I don't I don't really know. I don't get that argument, but that seems strange. Yeah, it boils down to whether, you know, these packages or these certificates that you have to buy in order to get the classes, whether the time period on it's fair, I think is pretty much what this amounts to, which it's kind of like if you go to like a food festival, I hate going to like one of those things and you can't buy like you can't go up and actually buy 
like the food there they're like oh yeah you have to <laughs> you can't pay with money you have to go buy token you have to go buy these tokens and then an x <laughs> number of tokens get you it's like well, this doesn't make any sense like i just want to buy the thing there so I, I, it looks it's kind of like that but you know it's a little bit different but with all that there may have been notice and so forth but i don't have the a high level of trust of soul cycle too and i'll tell you why uh so and doing some little research on this company, which was the first time I heard about. So they were founded in 2006, but in 2013, a couple years ago, a class action suit was filed again, or I should say prior to this one, but this was a based upon basically not paying its instructors or workers for overtime pay. And interesting enough, in that, in that lawsuit, they alleged that First, it talks about how at that time, I think they had about 14 locations across the country and they plan to open additional 60 studios around the world by 2015. It is 2015 and they're, they're at 47 locations nationwide, it looks like, but plan on hitting 50 to 60 worldwide by 2016. So they haven't hit their benchmarks, but in the complaint, they, and this is back in 2013, they allege that the company's unlawful wage practices are consistent with its mistreatment of customers as it does not provide any reimbursement to customers who are unable to attend classes they sign up for unless they cancel the class by 5 p.m. the night before. First of all, that policy, I'm, you know, if, if someone signs up for a class and doesn't show up, I think they should pay for it because it might be taking a spot from someone else. But right. even at that time, there was allegations regarding how they treated their customers. Okay, but get this, okay? So this class action lawsuit was settled, but then sometime in November 2014 of last year, an attorney, one of the, I think one of the class action attorneys that represented the workers in that case sued SoulCycle because he received a letter actually after he made a reservation to take a class, basically saying that he was banned here. SoulCycle in-house lawyer, actually not a letter, called him and informed him on May 6, 2013, that he had been banned for representing someone who sued SoulCycle, but later tried to distance herself from the statement by saying in an email that Wigder was merely being asked to stay away, and that's what was asserted. So it's kind of a kind of a funny situation that happened there. I thought that was kind of funny that why would you do that? But at the same time, why would that attorney go to the go to the place that he sued? And that's kind of awkward in itself too. But who knows what's going on there? It's an interesting wrinkle, and I'm wondering how this is going to end up getting resolved. I think that. Probably what's going to have to happen is SoulCycle is going to have to adjust their policy a little bit in terms of when things expire. But I mean, so this is what I keep thinking about is airlines intention. And we, I don't know if we've discussed this or not, but airlines intentionally oversell, overbook flights because they know people aren't going to show up. Or I guess maybe they might cancel too. But, you know, they do that and then people get stuck with showing up to the airport and not getting a flight or you know, something bad happens and I don't want to say that they hide behind, but they are protected some way with their policies. Like you have to arrive a certain time. And if you do end up getting bumped, then you're entitled to X, Y, and Z on these, all these rights. I mean, both here in the States and the EU has tremendous amount of protections for, I think even stronger in the EU than it is in, in the States with, you know, being bumped and having issues with delayed flights and so forth. Yeah. So that, that may be a little bit different, but case in point, there are statutory protections for that. Without that, who knows what these airlines would do because no one reads the contracts. People just buy the ticket and, and go, and they don't contemplate all these other issues. That's the thing is even for the people that get bumped, they end up getting, they get a flight somehow. Yeah. I mean, it might not be the time they want, but it's not, that's not the case here. A soul cycle, it's 
Well, once your uh, certificates expire, you got to buy some more. Sorry. And so, yeah, that, that just seems inherently unfair and just the nature of people. I mean, even planning to work out, you know, unfortunately, most people can't treat working out the same as a business meeting or meeting with family or anything like that. So there's going to be things that are going to prevent them from attending such sessions. So, you know, having that commitment, maybe it's just $30, but multiply that by however many people miss those sessions that it, it adds up. Well, I think I saw in the complaint, their 2014 revenue, or sorry, their 2014 customers purchased $93 million of these certificates. Forfeiture of certificates due to illegal expiration provisions contributed to $25 million in net income. Wow. I don't know how they figured that out, but that's crazy. That's a net income too. <laughs> so, so yeah, minus, minus the cost of printing those certificates or uh, maybe they're not, there might be electronic, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money there. It's a significant amount of money they're making on people, but that's the thing with Jim. I mean, you could say the same thing about gyms, at least on the broader scale of the money they're making what percent of the money is actually people that aren't going. So, but obviously this is different, but I'm just saying it's not, that's not an end all be all argument, but it's pretty interesting. That's a lot of people. It is an applicable analogy in a comparison. And the question, is it different? Because on one hand you have a gym membership contract for a year long and you may not go once, but you have the ability to go at any time. Whereas, okay, you have a ticket that is good for 30 days. And if you don't go in those 30 days, you lose it. You're correct, and it's not dissimilar to that. And that probably might be where they argue. They, they may try to argue, no, this isn't a gift certificate. This is a contract or a subscription for which they have access to these certain sessions. But based upon how they're marketing it, it might be difficult for them to sell that sell it that way. Unless they're being misquoted. They're called, in the complaint, they're called series certificates. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work too well in their favor. Based on that, are you going to go to one of these? Do they have them in Texas? No, like I said, like I think it was either last Saturday or the Saturday before my wife went and I almost went myself. But I just to be honest, I did tell her, don't sign up for anything because, because I know, I, I know, you know, it always sounds pretty good at, at the time. But and they always say that there's all these deals that are only available now and of course, they're available like 24/7. But this wasn't this this wasn't SoulCycle though. This is something else. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and and ask and find out. Then I'll come back to the office and finish the up podcast episode. So just give me one second. Well, I'm looking right now. At least on their site, it doesn't look like there's any in Texas. Probably something else. I mean, I mean, frankly, that also seems strange to me. Is why they're going public. It is very easily duplicated. There may be some things proprietary as to how they do it and so forth, but I, I think the one that she went to, they have basically a screen that is the size of the wall, and you can actually see yourself as some kind of avatar racing amongst everyone else. And of course, you have an instructor, something to that effect. I don't know if th these guys even do that, because that seems unique in itself, too. You know, they, they claim to have the best instructors that you can find, so. Yeah. So Soul Cycle, I really think we should try it and then report back. We should record a podcast while out of class. <laughs> I'm totally out of breath. By the way, speak, speaking of class actions, did you hear about the Uber class action where they certified the class of the Uber drivers for independent contractor classification? You saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually sent that to a couple people because I said, told them this was 
pretty applicable to to your business. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, well, I think they're going to, Uber's going to try to appeal it or something, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm surprised they got to the certification point. And, you know, usually once you get to that point, that's a very bad sign for any kind of class action defendant. You know my take on it. I'm, I'm just uh, shocked that it would get that far. And I think it's incorrect. I think it's just a little too aggressive. And, you know, just in the last couple of years, we've seen that independent contractor classification is just getting more and more conservative, both on the federal level and the state level. California is one thing, but even on the federal level now, it's becoming a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm looking at looking at a set of instructors trying to pick mine. I have a choice of Thomas, Joey, Connor, Sarah, this name guy, Ross D. Ooh. This guy named DJ. That's a good one. How do you choose? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to choose. This Anna says, easy doesn't change you. And Melanie says, trust that where you are is where you need to be. That's a quote. <laughs> uh, well, I'm interested to see how this works out for you. So Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.